0: It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reason Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reason.
1: Welcome to the Kathleen Reeson Show. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network, and we are talking about a fresh start, change your story in 2022. So 2021, 2020, the years that were really challenging, and I've heard somebody, a few people reference 2022 as the year of 2020. Two, as in 2020, also, but that is not what we're going to create. <laughs> Remember, mind over matter. We are creating a year where we get to be purposeful and intentional. Intentional, I made up a word there. intentionable. Oh my gosh, I said it twice intentional about what we create. So, this is very exciting that 2022 gets to be the year of something exciting for you. And you get to determine what that is. For me, I get to practice surrender. I get to practice abundance these things that i've been talking about for years that i've experienced but i really get to be in the space of that and typically when we talk about abundance we think wealth money yes that's a piece of abundance but it's not just about that it's about abundance in time about abundance in knowledge about abundance of giving abundance is just knowing that there is enough everywhere around us and so that is my space for 2022 but i also have other more concrete goals And so for you, we talked last week about the one thing method. We've we've talked about setting goals. We are in the spirit of New Year's resolutions right now that, remember, most people will fail them by January 19th, but not you. You can go listen to last week's episode if you want to know more about that. So what we're talking about today is how you create a fresh start in 2022. You are not your past. You are your present, which means what happened in the past is not relevant to how you show up today. So I'm gonna actually a few weeks ago, I read to you a chapter in my book, Joy and Uncertainty, A Guide to Creating a Meaningful Life. And I'm actually gonna do that again today, because there was another one that really touched on this subject. And this one's chapter 16. It's called Living in the Moment. Now, a lot of us can live in the past or we can live in the future. So living in the past is often associated with depression. It's about thinking that our best days are behind us and living in the future can be often associated with anxiety. And so this is about living in the moment. So it's chapter 16. It says, when you are searching for clarity and direction, you're really searching for your vision. Do you know where your vision is? It's not somewhere outside of you. It's not something you can buy from a store. It's not something someone else can create for you. It's inside you. Yes, you. You have a beautiful vision inside you. You are born for a unique and specific purpose. Most people go through life never identifying what that purpose is. Most people live in reaction. Most people are driven by their circumstances. When it's rainy, they are sad. When the sun is out, they're happy. When their bank account has an extra zero, they go on vacation. When the grass is tall, they cut it. Most people create their existence based on something outside of them. Running your life based on circumstances is called living in story. When you create a vision for your life, you're proactive. You're living. Your entire life up until now has been leading to your vision. All your experiences in your life have made you who you are. Looking back, you can see a through line that attaches all these memories together. Individually, it's hard to see, but as a collective of memories, you can see it. How many times have you been caught up on the destination that you missed the sight of the journey? How many times have you followed the plan so closely that you miss an amazing opportunity because it isn't the right choice? There is no right or wrong. You can never make the right or wrong choice. There is only this moment. My Aunt Maxine is a hospice nurse. She shares with me that we are all one doctor's visit away from death. One doctor's visit. She sees us all the time. You think you're healthy, and then suddenly you aren't. In her 30-plus years as a hospice nurse, she's had thousands of conversations with patients on their deathbeds. They all say the same thing. They wish for more time with their families. They don't care about the cars, the boats, or the houses. They care about who is sitting around them in their remaining days. Who is going to remember you? how will you be remembered? So that's chapter 16 of the book, Joy and Uncertainty, A Guide to Creative Meaningful Life. It is on Amazon if you want to know more about that or read the story. But I actually wrote that book at a time that was well. I released it. I wrote it in 2019, 2018, that that time period. But I uh, I published it on ebook in 2020, in April of 2020, and then in paperback in June of 2020. And so in this book, when I talked about this and I talked about my aunt Maxine and I talked about hospice, I, I have had tons of conversations with her about what happens when you are at that point of, of death. And uh, so this book, it launched and I had no idea that in uh, August to October of, of 2020, we would be in that journey with my mom. And I, I shared that she one of my most popular <laughs> podcast episodes or radio show episodes is the one that's in November, 2020. So if you go back and listen to that, the very first week that I recorded, the very first week, we actually, for some of you, you may not know, and some of you may be watching the show this way, we offer a television. So this runs on, on binge network. And um, the very first week that we started offering television. So it was the first time that people could actually see us versus just hearing my voice. They could actually see me. I talked about what it was like to experience my mom dying. And one of the things that I shared and I'll I'll share it with you again today is that, uh, one of the things my mom said during that period, she did, she wasn't able to talk a lot in the the beginning when we first pulled her home for hospice, she was home for three days and then ended up going back to the store, the the hospital. It's a really bizarre long story, but the the gist of it, my mom, uh, she went in, in five weeks, she went from great to dead. And, uh, towards the end of that time period, she said, wow, that went fast. And she was referring to life in general. So she was uh, just she was 69 years old when she died. And so she said, wow, that went fast. And her mom, when I also got to witness her last few words said the exact same thing. And she was in her 70s when she died. So I've had other experiences too with other people uh, and they've said similar things. My aunt has shared that they do as well. But as much as we believe that our past is is really like who we are and it defines us, when you talk with people who are at the end, that they know that this is the moment that that we don't have a lot more and they can see the finite amount of time that is their life, reflecting on this period of time, they say, wow, that went fast. When you think about that, the moment that we get to be in now, I'm inviting you not to say my past is who I am. It's saying my past is who I was. And right now I get to live in this moment and figure out well, who do I, what do I want to create going forward? So this is a, it's it can be a really hard topic, especially with where we've gone with this so far, uh, but to really understand that we truly aren't our past. We may have shown up some way, but we aren't our results either. Now, when I ran my very first business, each week I would look at our income and each month I would see what we brought in that month and I would see what my paycheck, I would cut myself and I would determine based on that number, whether I had a good month or a bad month. And it would directly impact my emotions and how I showed up for my family, whether I was frustrated or proud It was really detailed on one factor, how much money that I bring in and bring home. And what I realized, uh, not super quickly, but after about a year of this kind of roller coaster of high months, low months, and attaching my pride, my results to that, I realized I am not my results. I am not that number. I am who I am. Some things work, some things don't. And I'm learning that. But these are just my results. It's just showing my effort, but it's not who I am. And I really got to differentiate that to understand what growth opportunities were available for me and where I got to go. Like, whether I have a great month or not, whether I'm having a good day or not, is not determined by the number in my bank account. It's not determined by the amount of money that I'm bringing in. And when I realized that, when I really got it, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to really get it. When I got it, I realized that really hard things can happen in this world. And I can still have a good time. I can still be in joy. I can still smile. It's okay. So we can have both really challenging experiences and We can still be who we are. We don't have to sell out to that experience and say, but this really hard thing is is coming or is here. And so I've got to be mad or sad or frustrated or angry. It's definitely okay to not be okay. That's for sure. And the lesson here is that when we're talking about a fresh start, we get to release ourselves from our results. We are not our results. Your results are just something that you've created. You may be proud of them, you may not, but that's something that you are assigning, it's all emotional. I read the other day this article and it said that the actual difference, they were were looking at a study of engineers, so highly intelligent people. And they said that in order to get a job at most engineering companies, you have to have a certain score on a certain test at a certain level. So that's bare minimum. Now, this certain score on this certain test was very high. So it meant that everybody that started at this company was already very high. So very high in intellect. So every employee at this company had a high intellect. But what then made the difference between high performing employees and low performing employees? It's not intellect because everybody's got the intellect. So I said, what was really driving the difference between a high performing employee and and just an average employee? And the difference was their emotional intelligence, not their intellectual intelligence, their emotional intelligence. That's what determined whether they were going to be the phenomenal employee or the so-so employee. Their emotional intelligence, that was was what was in the gap. So then the study, they went and looked at other companies where intellect wasn't necessarily the requirement to get the job. And yet they saw the exact same thing. Intellect only took you so far, but then the gap between being a high-performing employee and a so-so employee actually fell in your emotional intelligence. And so that is a great concept. But what that really means is that somebody that's emotionally intelligent can understand that I am not my results. My results happen independent of me, but I am who I am. And that begs the question of who are you, which is exactly what we read in that chapter in the book. Who? are you? And so this is the opportunity here. We are at a fresh new year. We get a fresh start and you get to ask yourself, who are you? What do you want to create this year? So when I tell you what I want to create, I ask you, what do you want to create? And and standing in that space, and then everything else gets to work out from there. Your past does not dictate what you create unless you let it. Think of your past as your backpack. You can set that backpack down on the ground and walk away. Or you can carry the backpack with you and let it always be a part of who you are. Now, sometimes it's great to have that backpack with us. There's stuff in our past that's serving us going forward, but oftentimes there's stuff in that backpack that's not serving us. And we get to set the backpack down and take out the things that aren't serving us. Let it go and move forward. And so when we go through that action, we often think, well, we, we did that. We brought it, we we dropped off the stuff that's not serving us. Awesome. But the people around us don't always know that we did that. And sometimes they attach our past to us. And so it's our job to let them know that that's the past. And it's not how we're showing up anymore. And so what we call that is a clearing, a clearing conversation. I was actually just having this conversation with my (laughs) nine-year-old. I love Andrew for so many reasons. And recently, right before break, he had this experience at school. And so we've had a few follow-up conversations with him about this. He uh, was really frustrated because just as, as kids are before school or right before break, they get excited about uh, <laughs> holidays coming up and, and all kinds of different uh, reasons that they get excited. Family, friends coming, travel, presents, Santa Claus, you know, whatever it is that gets them excited, but they're really excited. And so my nine-year-old, he was in class and the class happened uh, to be a little rowdy. The teacher stepped out to handle something and the class got really crazy. Now, my nine-year-old decides that this is not acceptable. That is not what the teacher asked of him and of the class. And so he stood up in front of the class and he goes, please be quiet. This is not what we were asked. And the class just ignored him. And he said, please be quiet. And the class didn't listen. And finally he said, shut up yet. And then he used some words that sounded like a and uh, another word that was not pleasant and not nice and not words that are reflective of who he is or how he, we, we want him to show up in the world or, or how he wants to show up in the world. And so he came home and he was he was really sad because not that he said it, but that he got caught. <laughs> as soon as a teacher came back in, one of the girls told him and he goes, she's snitched on me. And so he was really mad about that. And we got to unpack that it's, it's not a problem for you to stand up for what you believe in. It's not a problem for you to interrupt but it is a problem when you choose words that are out of alignment with who you are, when those words are not words that they don't represent who you are. You aren't unkind like that to people. And to realize that, OK, it's not what it's not how I said it. it's not it's, it's what I said those words. And we invited them to go back to school and say, hey, I was frustrated how I handled myself when I got frustrated. is not who I am. And those aren't words that I'm going to choose to use going forward. Now he spoke that in his language as a nine-year-old, but the concept that he told his friends and his teacher that that's not who I am, and you can expect going forward that that's not how I'm going to act. We as adults often miss that step, and that's what's a clearing. So they know that okay, even though that's your past, how you're going to act going forward is not that. So you're setting the you're setting the path to say, hey, I acknowledge. That in the past, I have not shown up in a certain way. But what you can count on for me going forward is this. And so you're setting the path for what that looks like. And so if you wanna create a fresh start, here's a way for you to do it. Now, somebody that's listening is gonna say, hmm, well, we'll see, we'll see, because you have a lot of evidence that's showing that that's not how you've shown up to date. And so they might say, okay, well, whatever, we'll see. And now it's your job to show up consistently how you said you're gonna be. So about being your word. If you said, well, I'm gonna clean up my language like my son, Andrew gets to be, then he gets to clean up his language. And if he happens to slip up going forward, he gets to acknowledge that he did that and move forward. But he's consistently saying what happened in the past is not how I wanna be going forward. And would you support me in that? Talked all about support in a show just a few weeks ago. So we're gonna go on a quick break. And when we get back, we will be offering more tools. We're gonna talk more about this because we've got so much more to share on this topic about a fresh start in 2022. Enjoy this quick break. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. See you in a second.
0: Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are
1: you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform
0: Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. And we are talking all today about a fresh start to change your story in 2022. And a lot of us can easily get sucked down that rabbit hole of what happened in the past. And right before we went on break, we were talking about an experience that my son had where he showed up in a way that really isn't how he wanted to and he really just acted in the moment and let his frustrations come out. And that can happen, but we get to clear the pathway. Now, I want to spend a little bit more time on what happens if you've consistently shown up that way. So you're the person that people know erupts every single time something doesn't go their way. And so people have now stopped coming to talk to you because they're afraid that you're going to erupt on them. If you suddenly go to them and you say, hey, I acknowledge that in the past, I've erupted when you said things that maybe uh, I didn't want to hear. So going forward, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just not going to do that anymore. Now, if you've done that a million times and now you're saying, hey, guess what? Because I say it's not going to happen anymore. I want you to trust me. That's that's something that's going to take more than just that conversation. And so really understanding that now you get to build the trust around that commitment. And so you get to show up rock solid and a way to do that, knowing that, that, that you might you might have a challenge with that. It's going to be a learning curve. It may be something where you are controlling this, you're practicing this, you're getting support on this, but it's not gonna be perfect, okay? Because none of us are perfect. So one of the ways that you can use this, especially in the workplace, and this is really valuable, but it leaves us at home all the time, is to say, I'm working on this. And my expectation of myself is that when I hear things that maybe I don't wanna hear, that that are things that are uncomfortable for me to hear, my commitment to you is to breathe, to give myself a moment and to not erupt. And the support I'm looking for you is to understand that this is a practice for me and to not shy away from coming to me when you have information that you think may upset me. Please come to me and know that I am working on this and I'm asking you to give me grace And know that if I erupt or or any reaction out of me has to do with me and not you. And then remember, like we talked about a few weeks ago, will you honor my request? So you're tying in the support there and you're saying, hey, how I've shown up in the past, I get to change that. And I know that this is going to be a work in process, progress here. And that this is something that's going to take some time. Would you be willing to be a partner with me and work with me on this? This is that is a level communication right there. That is a really big challenge for somebody to show up that way. And yet when you do, it's one of the most powerful things that you can do to get yourself a fresh start to create that fresh start to say how I've shown up in the past is not how I want to show up in the future. So with things that are smaller that are just something that happened once in a while, you could just clean them up. Hey, how I how I showed up in that moment is not how I want to show up going forward. The other person will say, hey, great, it happened once or twice, no big deal. I'll I'll commit going forward to support you with this. But when we're talking about patterns that you have developed over years and people have seen these patterns, it's going to be a lot more challenging for you to just say, hey, I acknowledge that that is not how I wanted to show up. And it's going to be different now, especially if you have a pattern of saying it's going to be different. So a lot of times, like in marriages, I hear this a lot. Uh, with people that are that that have patterns that are maybe more abusive in marriages, and so they say, "Oh, it's going to be different this time," and then nothing really changes. Oftentimes, what is the link in that is that we're not really uh, we're not in communication with that other person about what the consequences are. Okay, so so knowing the line, what I know about human behavior is that oftentimes we act without thinking about the consequence. And it's because we move at a really fast pace. So when we're willing to slow down, when we're willing to take a deep breath and think about, here's my action, and there's going to be a consequence. Is it worth that action for me? That's when we can change behavior. But it's really being cognizant that we get to slow down. Now I watched. This is fascinating to watch in kids. As my kids have been growing up, my my uh, oldest son, when he was about four or five years old. Now my kids are about two years apart. So when he was five, we had a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And I would watch him and we were really working with him on choice consequence. So we didn't, we would say, you know, if you want to hit your brother, like, all right, you're going to hit your brother, but here's the consequence for it. You will be in your room. We set these consequences so that he was very clear on what the consequences were for that behavior. And I would watch him walk up to him, pull his hand back and he would pause. Hmm, is this worth it or not? And then he would whack his brother. And before I could even say the consequence, he'd be like, check you later, mom, I'm going up to my room. Now, that's not what he, the words he would use, but that's the words that were going to my mind. I'm like, Gosh, he did that on purpose, knowing the consequences, but he thought that the consequences were worth it. He's like, Hitting my brother right now is worth going to my room for a while. See ya, check you later, smacks his brother. It's the craziest thing. So On one hand, no, I don't want him to smack his brother, but on the other hand, wow, he used a lot of thought. He thought through action, consequence, paid the price, was fine with it. And so choices, it's just like if we, if I went to a store right now and I chose to steal something, I would have a a theft charge. Now, if I stole candy, it's probably not gonna be that big of a charge. It might, it's gonna take, cost me time and money to move through that. And maybe some ego, some ego damage or embarrassment as you read about my petty theft. But if I was hungry in the moment, it might be worth it. For me, when I weigh that, it's not worth it. But if I didn't have any money with me and I was hungry, then maybe. But let me put this in a different position. There's a scenario that I've seen some food banks utilize for empathy training. And what they do is they... Put you through a simulation where you are incredibly hungry. You're, you have a family, a large family, and you have no money to feed them. You have rent that's due. So housing is now becoming a question. You have kids that are starving. You have family members that are sick. And you're responsible for taking care of everyone. You actually get to the point where you're living on the streets And food becomes a critical need. And now you have a choice. You can go rob a convenience store and feed your family. Or they can starve. Now, which one would you choose? I can honestly tell you, if my family was starving, and I had no other choice, and we were living on the street, and that was the situation we were in, robbing from a convenience store might be a choice that would be worth considering. Now, that is so far from the realm of what my life is like. But I get that those are some of the circumstances that other people are in. And so that is a choice that they may be in to make. Excuse me for just one second. Excuse me. Okay, so if you're in that situation, action and consequence would look very different. And so my whole point in this is understanding that that we all have these action and consequences. And so when we have patterns that have shown up, we get to understand that other people may not trust our patterns are going to change just because we say that they are. But we get to support them, we get to be in partnership with the other person in understanding that what does support really look like and what are the consequences. In the marriages, like I was talking about earlier, oftentimes where I see it be really successful Is the spouse of of the other, so if you've got one spouse that's got some kind of behavior that's not working in the relationship, the other spouse gets to be very clear on the consequence for the pattern happening again, very clear, and be willing to enact it, because a consequence does nothing if we're not able to enact it. As we all parents know, if I just tell my my child, well, if you... Hit your brother, you have to go to your room, but I never actually set them to their room. It doesn't matter what I say the consequences because they don't believe me. Well, it's the same way at work, it's the same way in our in our marriages. We have to be really clear about what our consequences are. So action, consequence. When we pause and we think through that, we are developing trust with ourselves and with the other people around them to think, huh? Maybe this person really is changing their patterns. Maybe. Maybe I should give this person another chance. Maybe something's different this time. So when you develop a pattern over time of saying that stuff's in the past and it's not how I'm going to show up, and then you actually show up differently, then they start to believe that maybe something is different. Something is different. And so that is a way that you can create a fresh start, even when old patterns and behaviors didn't serve you. They're not serving you going forward. You can just take them out of your backpack and say they're no longer here. But we also get to create belief in the people around us that something else has changed. And I think oftentimes we miss that because that communication step can be really hard. It's one thing to acknowledge the challenge with ourselves, the patterns that aren't working and how we've shown up in the past isn't how we want to show up going forward, but it's a whole other level to be willing to have a conversation with the people around us that we love with our coworkers, with our friends. It's a whole other level to have those conversations. So what I'm inviting you to is to look at the patterns that haven't served you, the ones that you don't wanna carry forward into 2022 and say, this is what's gonna be different and then hold yourself to that. Now, I'm not saying pick 20 things that haven't served you. I'm saying like, pick one. Remember last week we talked all about the one thing. Pick one thing that you wanna focus on If you shifted, it it would make a big difference in your life and the lives of people around you and what behavior gets to change. What would be different? And that's what you get to focus on and then share that with the people around you. The language you can hear it, I acknowledge it's not, I'm sorry, because that stuff happened in the past. We don't need to go back and apologize for every single thing that ever happened. I acknowledge that how I've shown up in the past did not work. And you can be specific. I acknowledge that when I threw a fit because you told me something that I didn't want to hear, that didn't work. And what you can count on from me going forward is I acknowledge that this didn't work. Be specific. And what you can count on from me is this going forward. And then if there's support, what support would look like is and be specific. If you have questions on that, go back a few shows. You'll hear that. And then Would you honor my request? So that is some language and you can go back and listen to that. But that's some supportive languaging for you about what you can utilize when you're saying this stuff hasn't worked in the past and I get to change it going forward. All right, guys, we're going to go on another quick break. And when we get back, we've got a little bit more tools to dig into. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Enjoy this quick break. Mm
0: Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? we're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reason Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back to the Kathleen Reason Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. In this next section of the show, when we're talking about a fresh start in 2022, a way to change your story, one of the things that I want to talk about is this concept that if we change our story, if we show up differently, it's like something was wrong in the past. Like we, we did something wrong, we took a wrong turn, it was bad or negative, that that's what induces us to shift, change, or grow. And Possibly, but really, what I invite you to think about is evolution. And so we all evolve over time. And if we want to have a fresh start, it's nothing has to be broken in order to create a fresh start. We can always evolve. Even where I'm at in my business, when you think about business, it's like the perfect story of evolution because we start out in one way and then we get to sample different different areas and say, well, this worked, this didn't work. Business is a great example of Failures of being willing to fail, see what's working, see what's not working, and then do more of what's actually working. And when that happens, then you magnify what's working and you grow that area. So When we think about it from that perspective we're constantly evolving and so the the people that i see really successful that evolve they look at these this evolution and say well what's the next evolution not what's next for me it's like what's what are we going to naturally evolve into and that's the question i encourage you to think about this evolution piece what is next for me what do i get to create what would be exciting for me because it's not about what's exciting for somebody else Wow, do I see that one come up a lot. Playing somebody else's game. You will never win at somebody else's game. What does that mean? It means that when I drop my kids off at school every morning, I pull up in car line. Now, before the holidays, I've I've driven a really sweet reindeer. I've got the red nose on the front, the two antlers on the side. And the kids all know that Kathleen Reeson drives the reindeer. In fact, my, my middle son, Noah, he had a birthday party and I have this wonderful Grinch display that I set up in my lawn every holiday season. And it's got a Grinch that takes the, the lights, looks like the lights are coming off of the house. And then he's got the fireplace where he correct, collects all the crumbs and Cindy Lou Who is there, Whoville and the tree. This is a pretty elaborate Grinch display. I don't have a sled yet. That's next year. We'll add that on. But I've got a pretty elaborate Grinch display. So my my middle son, Noah, he has this birthday party and his friend comes to the door with his mom and they ring the doorbell and I come up, I say, hi, I'm so glad you're here. And the mom says, well, we weren't exactly sure if this was the house, but my son says you drive the reindeer, so uh, this must be the house because these decorations would fit the reindeer that you drive, AKA, he's saying, Mom, she's crazy. She's got these reindeers that she puts on her car, and this house has a lot of stuff. If you saw our neighbor's house, which are not really that decorated, we look pretty extravagant compared to them. So, this must be their house. I take that, I, I create that story in my head of, yay, he sees my decorations, and it's awesome. <laughs> and somebody else might take that a different way. But either way, I drive the reindeer to school. Now, underneath that reindeer is my super sweet Honda Odyssey. Yes, it is classy leather seats. We have the video that pops down. Look, I am a card-carrying member of the mom club. So I, in order to move all of my kids from place to place and their friends and their gear, equipment, all this stuff, I get to drive the super sweet minivan. So when I pull up to car line, it's like infinity. Cadillac, uh, Giant Suburban, Tahoe, Minivan, Tahoe, Cadillac, Infinity, Jaguar, Tesla, Minivan, uh, Tesla, Jaguar, Reindeer. (laughs) And so when I look at that, I could create a story that says, wow, Kathleen's not winning the game because she's not driving the Cadillac. But the reality is, if I wanted a Cadillac, I could get a Cadillac. I don't want a Cadillac. I'm fine with my Minivan. Do you know what my kids do to my Minivan? I mean, they pull in and they put their dirty shoes all over the seats, and I'm constantly like cleaning that thing, or there's cheese stick wrappers on the floor that were hauling out. Like they have snacks in their car, their friends pile into the car, there's books everywhere. I mean, there's stuff everywhere. I personally have not chosen to spend more than, I mean, Honda Odysseys, they're not cheap, but I I don't want to spend more money than that on my car because my kids at this age, probably going to destroy it. Let's be honest. And so for me, I'm okay. That's my story. Now you may choose to drive a Tesla or you may choose to drive something entirely different. It does not matter what car you drive because you are not your results. So it doesn't matter what you choose to drive. But if I chose to play the game that said I'm less than because I'm not driving the $90,000, 100, 120000 car, I'm going to lose at that game. So if I said the game is about the car that you drive, you have reached success when you are, when you are driving a $100,000 plus car, that's what success looks like. If I painted that picture as the game, I would lose every time because my, my goal, my purpose is not aligned with that game. But when we get into comparison, we get into this trap of thinking somebody else's game is our game. It's really easy to slip into this. Happens all the time for parent age kids. It happens all the time at work. So think about it. If I have a specific job at work, but I compare myself to my coworker who has a very different job, we have very different metrics, and I see that my coworkers meeting their metric, and I decide that I'm going to meet my coworkers metric, My boss doesn't want me to meet my coworkers' metric. My boss wants me to meet my metric. So the comparison game, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Comparison is a thief of joy. Comparison steals us from our success because we aren't going after our own success. We're going after somebody else's success. Now, when I was in my very first job interview, I was in college, and this is my very first professional job interview. I was actually interviewing at CPA firms because I got out of school and got my certified public accountant's license. And uh, it's a whole other story. I am a, I'm a recovering certified public accountant. Really appreciate that experience in my life because I got to go in and just, just step into other businesses. And it really set me up well for, for my, my whole business experience and journey. And I share that because my very first interview, I went to go, I sat down with the, the recruiter from that company and she says, what does success look like in five years? And I paused. I mean, I was prepared for a lot of questions, but not that one. And the words that came out of my mouth, I, I can't even tell you what they are. I pretty much just like just verbal vomited words out of my mouth. Based on what I believe success might mean to somebody else reaching a career point, you know, whatever it was. But it had nothing to do with what success meant to me. I thought that the answer to that question, that there was actually an answer that she wanted me to say based like it was an answer that this is what success actually means. If you looked it up in the dictionary, this is what success means. And that's what she wanted me to say. Took me a lot of years. I I pondered this question a lot. And I thought about this question a lot, for years. It was probably a solid 10 years before I actually thought, I don't think that there is a straightforward answer to that. I'm not sure that they asked that question because she thought there was an answer. I think she asked that question just because she wanted to know what my interpretation was. But in my head, I was coming out of college and I was playing a comparison game. And I thought that the answer must be some kind of standard answer and I had to get it right or wrong. So now sometimes I will ask that question of people, but I'll be really clear that what does success look like to you in five years? The to you is really important. It means I don't care what happens with somebody else. I don't care what somebody else's goal is. But if your goal is truly your goal, and I can understand what it is, then I can support you in getting there. But if you just tell me some blah, blah answer because somebody thought that's what, what success was supposed to look like, I can guarantee you in five years, if that's how you've set your goals, you'd be angry. You'd be not fulfilled. You'd be sad when you look back at your five years and think, wow, I chased somebody else's dream. This is the plight of the 20-somethings who got out of high school, went to college. Their parents said, hey, wouldn't it be great if you studied this? They said, oh, okay, great, I'll do it. Not because they were interested in it, but because their parents thought that was right for them. And so they did it. And then they get out of school and think, I don't want to do this. What do I do now? I've got this debt and I've got this knowledge base, but it's not in an area that I really want to be in. So I'll just go to work. Oh, I'll do with it, but I'll go to work. And then they get a paycheck. And they're like, this, this paycheck's pretty nice. I mean, I don't really like the work. I'm not happy with it, but the paycheck's pretty nice. And then they realize that with the paycheck, they can get a car. They can get a, an apartment or a house. And then they they live like this for a few years. Maybe they get the spouse. They have some kids. And finally, here they are in their 30s, early 40s. And they're saying, oh, my gosh, it's been 20 years and uh, that same feeling I had when I got out of college, I still have it. Ugh, What do I do now? What do I do now? It's not any different. And so then they say it's time for a fresh start. You ever heard of a midlife crisis? I, this is how it happens. We say, oh, I'm no longer willing to tolerate comparing myself to somebody else. I'm no longer willing to play someone else's game. I wanna understand what my game is and I wanna win at my game. Now, what do I do? And that is the question. So we start to unravel, what do I do now? What does that look like? And we create this fresh start. We look at the patterns that are serving us and the ones that aren't. And exactly what we've been talking about this entire show. We look at what's not serving us, We set it aside and we say, no more. What's serving us moves forward, but what's not stays here. And then we get to share that with the people around us. And that's how we make a fresh start. That is how we get that fresh beginning. So this is a lot of work. I don't want to oversimplify this process, but this work is so critical. Because you do not want to be the person at the end of their life sitting on their deathbed saying "Ah, that went fast. I wish that I would have done that work. I wish that I would have given myself that fresh start. I wish that I would have known that it's not about playing somebody else's game, but the journey, the whole goal is to figure out what my game is and to play it, to play my heart out. That's the goal. So you don't get to be that person because I'm stand for you that that's not what's going to happen. You get to be the person that today in this moment says, it is my opportunity for a fresh start, a fresh journey. And I know that if you're listening, you might already declared that, which is really cool. So we're on this fresh start, this fresh journey, and you get to think, what is the pattern that I get to shift that would make such a big difference? What's the pattern that I get to interrupt, that I get to change, that I'm not going to carry forward? What would that look like? Maybe it has to do with eating. Maybe it has to do with how you communicate with the people around you. Maybe it's one very specific lesson. Maybe it's one very specific relationship. One very specific thing. Don't think about it as 50 or 100 or 20 things that you have to change. Just one. Think about one thing that would make the biggest difference for you. Now, oftentimes when we get into this practice, we can get into analysis paralysis, thinking, but there's so many things. And what I'm inviting you to is just to pick one just pick one as a place to start and know that you can always focus on more. But right now, just pick one. Okay, everybody, we're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we'll wrap all this up. Fresh start, fresh journey 2022. Not 2022, also we mean 2022. Fresh start on this new year. Enjoy this quick break. You're listening to the Kathleen recent Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership.
0: Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network. And We have been talking all about a fresh start, change your story in 2022. Now, if you're thinking, how do I do this? Where do I go next? Listen into what I'm saying. The first place is to say that stuff in the past, maybe how I've shown up, isn't working there's always something that's not working there's always lots that is but there's always something that isn't working And it's your job to identify what are you not going to carry forward okay so that's the process of evolution so there's something that we just get to shift going forward it's not because you're broken or there's something wrong it just means it's not working for me anymore okay so figure out what that pattern is that gets to change for me one of the patterns that i have worked on over the last few months is my relationship with sugar i love sugar it's It's really, it makes me feel great, uh, but it doesn't make me, it makes me feel great in the moment. It does not make me feel great 20 minutes later. It doesn't make me feel great when I hop on the scale. And so I knew I get to change my relationship with sugar. That was my one thing that I've been focusing on for the last few months. And I get to carry forward. It's an evolution. I'm not wrong because I love sugar. It's just, that's how I am. That's for whatever reason and whatever I've created and sourced, but that's, I love sugar. So I know that I get to change that going forward. And so for me, it's about saying to myself and to those around me, I know that in the past, I have had a relationship with sugar and loved sugar. And it's been okay for us to have cookies in the cookie jar just consistently. That's been okay. Going forward, I get to shift my relationship with sugar. I do. Not somebody else, not everyone in the family, but I get to shift my relationship with sugar. And what I'm asking of you is that we commit to putting cookies in the cookie jar once a month instead of every week. I'm, I'm making this up as we go because this is something that I get to commit to going forward and I, I'm working on this. This is the evolution. So we get to put cookies in the cookie jar once a month instead of once a week. Would you honor my request? So that would be the conversation I could have with my kids. Now I could do the same thing with coworkers. Well, it could be about sugar. It could be about something else. It could be maybe about how I, if I am, uh, we were talking about blowing up earlier. We were talking about frustrations. So you could say, I acknowledge that in the past, I have gotten frustrated when I've heard things that aren't something that I would have thought. So when I get uncomfortable, I get frustrated. And I know that that means I have, Yell, and it may appear that I'm yelling at you. Please know that I'm not yelling at you. I'm expressing my frustration out loud. That's not that's a reflection of me. It's not a reflection of you. I appreciate that you're willing to bring these things to me. Going forward, I get to take a deep breath, and I get to be okay that the news that's going to come to me may not be something that I thought was coming. And I'm working on that. And my ask of you is to support me in taking a deep breath. So maybe when you come in, you could say, hey, could you take three deep breaths with me so that I am prepared for whatever news you're gonna bring to me? Would you honor my request? So things like this, I'm using that as an example, but hear that, we decide the the pattern that we get to change and then we get to own it with ourselves But we also get to share that with the people around us and so then they know what to expect and guess what it doesn't let us off the hook Like that stuff still happened but it creates a fresh start for us it creates a space in the relationship where we can show up differently where somebody can say okay i'll meet you there i'll be your partner there cool and somebody may not be that excited about your shift, then it may take a few tries, a few efforts, a few attempts to have that conversation with them until they're a yes. But you get to keep working and not giving up on them, just like they've been not giving up on you. So this is deep stuff, but it's really about changing your story and really creating opportunities for you to have a fresh start in 2022. This is the same thing you can coach people around you. You can coach your employees, you can coach your kids. Same thing. This is the conversations I have with my kids all the time. Like I was sharing with you, and Andrew, in his conversation about some words that he chose to use. And we said, Okay, I, I get it. You said that. Yep. That happened. And is that who you are? And he'll say, No. He said, No, that's not who I am, mom. Okay, then clean it up. These are the words. Now that my kids know this pattern and they know how to say what we mean, we say, Clean it up. What we mean by that is go share that this is not who you are and it's not how you would like to show up and going forward. It's not what they can count on from you. And here is what they can count on from you. Clean it up. Those are the words we use with them now. And so that once you're in the training of this, this type of work that we've been talking about, you can say, clean it up. Use that to yourself, clean it up. That often can be hard. But remember when I told you about that survey where intellect takes you so far, you really want to be high performing. The difference is emotional intelligence. The difference is how you relate to the people around you. The difference is, are you your word? So you get to clean it up. Fresh start, fresh year. When you do that, when you think about what you want to create, when you think about anything is possible, you can create whatever you want. You don't have to live by those old patterns. You don't have to be who you are in the past. You can be whoever you want going forward. You get to create that. And giving you the permission, you don't need my permission, but I'm just giving you the space to be able to say, This is how I clean it up. Here's some language that you can use to actually do that. It's a really powerful place to play. It's a lot of fun. And so the words clean it up, the language that I provided in the show today can support you in unattaching yourself from the past because you are not your past, you are not your results. You get to create what you want to create going forward, which begs the question. What do you want to create? So really coming from that space of vision to understand how do I actually articulate what my vision is? What would that even look like? And so next week, we're going to go into a show about really understanding what your vision is for your company. I mean, companies all day long. I I see this every single day. I say, well, why do you exist? And and oftentimes we get a response like, well, I mean, we exist and very mechanical. Like we we service our clients. We... That is not why any company exists. There's a much deeper reason that companies exist. There's a much deeper reason that humans exist. As we discussed in this chapter, we all have a unique purpose, businesses and individuals. We all exist on this earth because we have a gift. We have a set of gifts that were given to us that we get to share with the world. And it is our job to understand what those gifts are and give them to the world. So next week, we're gonna dig into the tools to really understand what that is. Because guess what? We get to peel away that stuff that is stopping us from being able to see what our true gift is. And when we peel that away, it's right there. You can see it, you can feel it. And when you know what it is, nothing will stop you from sharing that with the world. And that doesn't mean like, well, I have people saying to me, but Kathleen, whose gift is it to clean bathrooms? There are people that really believe in the environment around them and making sure that it is beautiful. But that is really important to them. and that typically is aligned with that kind of work. So there are absolutely jobs for everyone in this world. There are helpers in this world. there are there are people that, that when you align your work with your vision, That's where magic happens. It's the coolest work ever. But stay with me because that is going to be next week's episode. So I thank you so much for being a part of this show, talking about a fresh start and how to change your story in 2022. I know that you get to be the person that when you're on your deathbed many, many, many years from now, you sit back and say, "Wow, that went really fast." You think back on your life and you got a big smile on your face because you knew you played all in. You did everything you could. You were You were playing as big as you can. You were having fun. You were loving the people around you. That's the life you lived. That's the legacy you created. And when you live from that place, that's a really powerful place to play. That is the place where people remember you for a long time. That's the place where your kids know that you made a difference. You want to talk about impact? That's how you make an impact. Thank you so much for joining me today. I so appreciate your time. I'll see you next week. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.